What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Seeking Excellence. This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield, the host of the Seeking Excellence podcast. Today, we're coming with part two of the episode with the Ortega. So if you remember last week, we released part one of the episode where we talked about how do you bounce back after having, you know, both of them came from divorced families. So we talked about coming from divorced families and trying to develop a Catholic marriage, Catholic family. And now today we're turning our attention to Ephesians 5. And so Monday's episode, if you listen to the solo episode, I know it's been a popular one so far, is my breakdown of Ephesians 5. And basically, you know, it, it, it expands us. I hate calling it Ephesians 5 because it expands so much outside of that. But it's more about the idea of mutual submission. It was my podcast episode on the idea of mutual submission, what submission looks like in a marriage. If you listen, last Friday, I talked about um, what does it look like for a man to lead in a relationship? And so kind of, you know, expanding on the idea of headship and being a leader and what that practically looks like a little bit. Lots more to say about that and to get into with that. But today's episode is is really diving into this conversation with the Ortegas, which is an awesome opportunity for me because they were quite instrumental in my understanding of submissions in a, in a marriage. You know, their podcast episode on this very topic was really helpful in me figuring out my thoughts. And so it was great to get to be able to talk with them and uh, get their perspective on some of my questions and my points and see if they had pushback or if they agreed with me. Um, it was a great episode. And so excited to share this one with you today. On Friday, just a little heads up, a little uh, clerical note, if you will. On Friday, we're going to have uh, episode one of our book club with the screw tape letters posted on the podcast. And so just a reminder and overview there that um, I'm going through the screw tape letters with all Seeking Excellence local supporters. And so if you're a paid member on Locals, um, for as low as $10 a month, you receive a free copy of the book. $20 a month received a free copy of the screw tape letters and a mug, Seeking Excellence mug, and then higher supporters um, are getting free t-shirts. We're getting those orders placed right now, but I didn't want to delay the packages and book club and all that just for the t-shirts. So we're working on that and making that happen and so I'm going to post on Fridays for the next few weeks, um, just samples of those episodes here and there, but the paid supporters are going through a new video every day, a new episode, basically t breaking down the screw tape letters and applying it to our present day life and the pursuit of excellence in our daily lives. So I encourage you to join us on there. If you like that, if you want more of that, um, you can go through the videos, they'll be up forever. So uh, it's not going to be something that is kind of up and then down. So even if you become a paid supporter in January, you can do it in January. All right. So without further ado, let's get back to this conversation with the Ortegas. I think I get, yeah, I think things get heated, but this kind of goes into the topic we wanted to talk about in Ephesians 5. And um, I'd love to read it just a little bit for people who aren't as familiar with it. I know you guys yeah. are familiar with the with the words, but I just want to read it a little. Um, and just to give context to it, I think 
we've been talking about this a lot. Me and my wife talk about it often. And I have a lot of issue with the way that I think it's presented a lot of times. And I don't want to be too leading. I feel like sometimes I have this tendency to be too leading. So I want to get your guys' like raw thoughts on it. I'm sure you'll still tell me what you think. But and I encourage you to. I always say, you know, that even if we do disagree, I don't know if we disagree or not. But if we do disagree, I think it's great. I'm always fine searching for people I disagree with, and they usually end up agreeing more than <laughs> I think I will going into it. But let's just get started. Then I would love to hear your guys' explanation of how this has played out in your marriage and what's your thoughts on it in general. Um, and why maybe you think it's so controversial. But let's start Ephesians 5. I'll start at verse 21, tempted to start at verse 22, but we'll start at 21. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. As the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Even so, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I mean a reference to Christ in the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Uh, amazing. So I love all of it. It's great. So this is, the, this is the Adventure Bible. I don't know what, what translation the Great Adventure Bible is in. I think it's RSV. 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 Yeah, yeah, it is. It is RSV. So anyways... Thoughts? Why do you think it's so controversial? What does it look like for you guys? I, I really think it's so controversial. Well, two things come to mind. One, I think people are so have been so hurt, like they're coming into marriage extremely wounded to 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 like to the nth degree, just wounded, wounded from you know whether it be from being um, products of divorce, maybe they're not, but just see like from the media, they've seen what relationships are, whatever, what they think relationships need to be like. Like there's just so many bad images and, and examples out there of relationships. Their, so I think they, they're, their previous dating relationships, yeah. maybe even their right, current right. relationships. So like they're yeah. coming in so incredibly jaded um, that they forget. Like the second point is that like the person that St. Paul's it's like, say this is for me and Monica and St. Paul's writing to us. Um, like the, Monica is the person I love the most on this planet. Like I tell the kids that the kids know like, Hey, who do I love the most? Like, mommy not you like it's it's your mommy and, and <laughs> vice versa like she's my favorite person and, and we we love each other so like everything that saint paul's talking about is in the context of that and i feel like that gets forgotten so quickly and i think it, and i think part of it could be because people don't believe that that's possible anymore that like they hear christians mm-hmm. like like they they have this read at their wedding and they're like how could they possibly read that like no the, those two love each other like it, it's okay like this is what christian love looks like if you don't understand it like that's I'd say go back and look at the look at what healing needs to happen because like that's it, it's under that umbrella that Monica trusts me enough to have that read at mass and she's like no he loves me like I'm right. not, I'm not I'm not concerned like yeah, everybody else can relax like no he loves me and like and vice versa <laughs> like that's I just feel think people are so wounded that they can't possibly believe a love like that can exist. And, and you were quite why. adamant about it, if I remember correctly, about Absolutely. it being read at the wedding. Is that right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. no yeah no this it has to. Oh yeah yeah. 
and I and I, I love when priests give good homilies on it. At, yeah, even, it's awesome. Like we have we have a we have a friend of ours who's who's at our parish now, um, but every every time it comes up, he gets so hyped to do to do the not not just at a wedding when like it comes up during the the cycle of reading. Yeah. He he's very excited to do the homilies. Like, oh, people are gonna get upset. I can't wait because he, he really goes in. He 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 believes in it, and yeah, it's just good to have holy priests like that too to support that. Yeah. And I think too, like another another barrier, another like reason for its controversy is kind of like Renzo said, there's woundedness and then there's there's lack of examples of of the virtue required for this kind of relationship. So we we've been talking about like there's the spiritual, right? And then there's like the lived of it. Okay. So like mm-hmm. you can say that you love me and I can trust. That was one thing that I knew without a shadow of doubt. Our entire dating relationship engagement newlywed when all of the you know when shit was hitting the fan but like and all of it I knew that Renzo loved me I had no doubt about that I knew that I was his favorite person I knew that he wanted to do anything for me but the lived was what was lacking and so I think a lot of times we we don't see that love in action because because of lack of virtue or we don't know what that looks like and so we're very afraid to put our entire life in the hands of mm-hmm. somebody else. We're we're afraid to put decision making in the hands of somebody else. We're afraid to put mm-hmm. so we we hold back pieces of ourselves mm. because we're afraid to completely be vulnerable with somebody else and allow them to um to really love us the way Christ loved the church. Because you're like, is that even again, is that even possible? Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna butcher the quote because I don't remember it, but <laughs> I know in Cassie Kenubi um, when they're, when they're talking, like they're talking and when he, when Pope Pius wrote and he's talking around Ephesians five, um, he says that the love that they're talking about is not like a passing lust, but it's, mm-hmm. but it, but he, and he, he describes the love and then he says that it, it, it is the way it's, I forgot how it's worded, but like it's made manifest in action. Yeah. And then he talks about taking up the, the husband, taking up the duties of the home alongside his wife. And, and there's like, there's a challenge there. And I think that, our society and even a lot of Catholics that like are just jaded by society don't understand the difference between a a authentic love and a lust. And like, they're so worried about being used and so worried about not being loved well that they can't fathom that this is possible. Yeah. And I think too, like the, again, people are afraid to offend and things like that, but like the lack of fully authentically lived masculinity and femininity too then like these these lines get confusing because because we're not each like fully embracing like the way that God has created us to be and his church to be and his relationship mm. with the church to be and and like our marriage is supposed to be a mirror an image of mm-hmm. of that relationship right so but if we're not if we're not willing to like fully live that then mm. then this sounds really crazy because right. because we're not living in it yet. Right, because like we're both subject to Christ and like who like he's the one that we want to trust our entire lives to and give everything to and and we and know we know he wills our good over anything else. As much as like it, we don't understand how and, and all the all the things, but like if we're both subject to Christ, like that's that's a, a yeah. But if they don't understand that love, that makes sense why they wouldn't understand to love of husband and wife. Right. Absolutely. And how do you guys so going from that level of it to the practical, like, what do you think day to day, week to week, year to year, however often, you know, what does this, when do you think this, you can either get from your own example or just like in marriages, how do you think like, when does this kind of come 
to fruition? Or like, when do you think are the moments that this is like actually lived out or played out? There could be small ways, obviously every day, but like, Mm -hmm. are there big moments or like, how how would you, if I was come to you as I am, somebody who's been married a lot less than you and saying like, how can we live this out? What do you think that looks like? I I would ask like, like give like a specific scenario. Cause I, I don't, I think it's become so, so much a part of our marriage that it's not like, it's hard, I th- to ident- like yeah, it's hard to identify because I think a lot of people assume that like, and maybe this happens in other people's marriages. I, that where like the husband's like, you need to do this because I'm the husband. And I, <laughs> like I, I just wouldn't speak like that to Monica. And I don't think we'd ever go into that point of like pointing to the Bible and be like, you need to obey. Cause I, I would never like, that's, that's, that's not how I, I just don't, that's not how we function. Yeah. I think we have a very, we have a, but at the same time, like, I know that if, if, trying to think yes. all right so like say look there's a dis- I'm make it if there's a decision for like where we are going to send the kids to school for example mm-hmm. um we both have a shared vision of what we want for our children we both have a shared vision we want for our family yeah. and like we're on the same page for all of that but then if like there's you know if something doesn't seem to click mm-hmm. uh, at least my personality is not to be like well you have to do what i say anyway it's more like all right we have to come to an understanding where I don't know if you're an office fan, but like it has to be a win, win, win. It can't be a, it can't, it has to be a win, win, win. So like I'm and part of my loving her as Christ is like, I'm going to make sure to like, I'm going to make sure that everything expressed the right, the way it needs to be. Like, I don't know. I I'm going to go all out into explaining and talking and, and, and kind of wrestling this thing out so we can come to a conclusion yeah. that is in line with the vision that we've laid out. Yes. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, so for me, the way I see this sometimes is that, you know, we have this shared vision, right? We have this, like, we have these these goals for our family. We have this mission. And um, so then these practical things come up. Where are we mm-hmm. sending our kids to school? Um, are we taking this promotion? Like, like different things like that come up, right? Or like maybe I have an opportunity for a part-time gig here or what, what have you. And so because I trust that my husband loves me, he will hear me out and like listen because he values my, my, my feminine perspective on this. He values my, my lived experience of this. You know, I, I know things about this situation that he doesn't know, you know, or maybe like, so maybe I'm, I'm, I'm bringing information to the table. And so this is completely like a joint conversation. But then because I know that he wills my good, that like if I come to something, I'm like, I'm indecisive or I, um, I'm leaning one way or another, but he comes in and says like, but I think this is what's best for our family. I trust that because I know the virtue that he lives in all these areas of our life. I know that he values my opinion, you know, yep. and I know that he has taken that into account. I've watched him make difficult decisions before. I've seen him follow through on those decisions and not shy away and point fingers or what have you. So it's, it's in the, like the practice of this over and over again, that you grow in greater trust of one another. And there's a lot of times where like, I might change his mind on something because of something I bring in my feelings or outside information or the way I see things, but then he's, will still come to an agreement on that. I'm not, I'm not bending his will. We're coming to the same Mm -hmm. and like, but his his taking mine and and combining it with his thought process to make that decision. I'm just like, that's a firm decision then because it's not just me. And like, that's, 
that's marriage though, right? Like we are supposed to be complementing one another. We are two becoming one flesh. So mm-hmm. we've now created something brand new. We are no longer two, but one, mm-hmm. but we, but both are required in that. Right. So, um, it's funny, like I'm, it, and also like my personality, like there's few things that I'm passionate about. But when you're passionate, but when I'm passionate, I'm like, I want it. So like, for, <laughs> so like something simple is like, we, we should go back to this. But I was like, all right, we're going to pray the liturgy hours for, for nighttime prayer. And like, that was just the thing I said. And we started doing it. And we're like, we're doing, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And, um, and then I scaled it back and like, we do different prayers now. I'm like, all right, let's start, let's make sure to add these prayers so the kids remember them. And mm-hmm. so, so like, there's, there's things that are like, if I'm passionate yeah. about, I think you also are just like, no, nope, he's passionate about this. And this is, and this is a good thing. Right. So we're, I'm not, no, let's go for it. And so there's also that. But like, it's never spoken of like, and I also, I understand my, my role as a leader in the home as like how Jocko Willing talks about an extreme ownership. Yeah, I thought that was really beautiful. So like that, that idea of like, this is, I I own this and this is, and also, but like, and I don't know if you have, you've read the book before, but I like um, some of his points on like, he has like decentralized um, command and like, he's got other things where like, so there, I also understand that like there's thing. Yeah. So there's a thing I don't, I don't control everything like i trust that monica yeah. runs things bet i was in some ways too. better I than i do that oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay so so yeah so ways that like she does things in ways that i know are better than me and i'm i'm comfortable giving her like yeah no you please do this because i'm not gonna be good at this um but these other areas like i'm very passionate about this i think this is the way it needs to be done and i think there's no there's no we have no tension in the in the relationship where we may have before yeah we i you know we, before we I was a stay at home dad and she, she was working and then we switched back. Like maybe earlier we may have had more issues. Um, But even then I don't feel like it, I don't know, maybe I don't remember. And I think again, I I would say yes, for sure. Because there were definitely times like, um, gosh, sorry if this is too far, but like, like in times (laughs) of, of desiring intimacy. Right. And then like, not putting in the effort ahead of time right Mm, and there's this mm -hmm. there's this tension and this pressure and there's there's something to like a man fully living his virtue and and the call that he's been called to that makes ephesians 5 make sense right and like Mm -hmm. when a man is not living that life of virtue when a man is not living the call that he's been called to by christ then ephesians 5 doesn't make sense so it's it's this like I feel like not that it doesn't make sense. I feel like it's I feel Ephesians five becomes like a mirror of like you're not living this. Mm. Yeah. Can and we like yeah, it's tough. That. I want to yeah. talk about that a little bit. So I think one of the things I wrote down from your podcast, I felt like you kind of broke it down these like three levels of dudes, which I thought mm-hmm. were helpful, you know, breaking yeah. down like the totally, you know, like distant from his faith guy, the kind yeah. of like spiritually lukewarm and then like the on fire. You know, yeah. the guy that runs those striving to be that I'm striving to be, you know, the, the, the men who care about their faith life, care about what it means to lead, you know, learn about this stuff, read about it, yeah. you know, are growing in prayer and, and virtue. Um, one of my challenges with the way I think people describe it oftentimes is it feels like there's an if for the man, but there's not an if for the woman. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is if men this this literally just happened recently we were at an event and the woman was describing Ephesians 5 and she's like men th- well let me let me go back a little bit so the way i feel like it's often read is you go through it and then it's like 
this happens so frequently, I feel like. It's like, women, that first part, that's kind of cringy, right? It's kind of shocking to hear that whole submit to your husband. Like, I think that feminism is just in the water. It's in the air. And so I think that that feeds into a lot of the reason why it's so uncomfortable as well, right? This idea that we're not perfectly equal in all things, in all ways, at all times, and that we get different instruction here is uncomfortable. And it seems like the woman's is more, you know, secondary in a sense, you know? Um and I think that when we jump to that, what ends up happening is we kind of skip, we say, we acknowledge the uncomfort with the woman's part. And then we look at the men's part and we say, how did Christ love the church? And we always point to the cross. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I agree with that. It's true. Where I start to venture off from what people are describing is they're like, if men, you love us like this, then we will follow you. Mm-hmm. And my issue with that is St. Paul didn't say, Husbands, love your wives and then go into wives be subject to your husbands. I don't mm-hmm. think that was an accident. And I don't think that it necessarily means that the women need to start with the submission. But I think that it sh- we show up to marriage on that day and we mm-hmm. both vow from that day that I will do my best to live out my paragraph and you will do your best to live out your paragraph. And I think mm-hmm. that I get I get frustrated with hearing like I just feel like so often it's like the, the, the thing about pointing to the cross is like that was perfect love. And so I think for a lot of men, it's like, if men, you do this perfect love, then you won't have to deal with the kind of typical feminist, you know, uh, I think in a lot of, especially secular marriages, many difficult women who constantly push back on their husbands, they, you know, create a lot of roadblocks um, to anything the husband's trying to do, which I think there's a mix of the feminist woman and the kind of passive male that leads to like the breakdown of a lot of, you know, the Homer Simpsons and everybody loves Raymond and the kind of like passive stupid dad mm-hmm. um, that just makes money and like contributes nothing at home and doesn't know how to do anything. And so my issue with the the kind of three men is I think where I struggle with, I think it's similar. The way you guys described it made me think actually of the Pope um, and how in, in all ways, right? The Pope or your Bishop, you're supposed to submit to what they say. We're supposed to follow the church's teachings, the thing the Pope mm. puts out. There's times, there's, and that's the rule, right? And I think that's the same as Ephesians 5. I think the exception is where we have a heretical pope. We have a pope that's, you know, totally off the rails. Your bishop or your priest is telling you to actively sin or do something that's contrary to church teaching. Mm -hmm. That to me is the exception. I feel like a lot of times, though, on the woman's side, it feels to be taught that, you know, the exception is that you have this exceptional man and you get to subjectively decide whether or not he's worthy of you actually submitting and following, Mm -hmm. you know, and... Uh, if not, if you, de- if you deem that that's the case, that he's not worthy of that, then you get to kind of just ignore this. Yeah. But men, if you are able to love us perfectly as Christ loved the church, then we actually have to follow the first paragraph. And I just think it's a crazy, like reordering that it's like, they're cyclical. You know, it's, I think mm. the last line there, I don't know if you guys have read love and respect, but that mm. concept of, you know, women want to be loved. Their main desire is to be loved. Men's main desire is to be respected. When the man is loving the wife, it's easy for her to respect the husband. Equally, when the woman is res- woman is respectful to the husband, it's easier for him to love the wife. And I, I get, and I'm all for it, us as leaders and taking extreme ownership, saying we should be the initiators of that. But I think, I think we should be telling women uh, at women's conferences or at, when we break this down that women, if you decide to marry a man, if you discern that he's going to be your husband and the father of your children, then your default should be that you submit to him and you trust him and you believe in him, you know, and you're going to follow his lead on mm-hmm. things. Now, if it starts to get to these extreme examples that everybody always brings up with me when I bring this up of, well, if you have an abusive husband, it's like, yes, yeah, sure. But I think, Renzo, your point on Ephesians 5 is talking to Christians, 
right? He's talking mm-hmm. to us. He's not talking. Mm-hmm. This, this isn't on the streets of San Francisco, right? Yeah. He's talking to our parish, like the people that are in the parish that are active, mm-hmm. that are there every Sunday or at least most Sundays. It's like, I think if you're in that group, then I think the default, and that's why the default needs to be trusting and submission. And I think that a lot of times it's not put that way. It's always like the onus is kind of feels to me like it's a hundred percent put on the man. And my, I think last thing I'll say on this, I know I'm on a tangent, but my biggest, this is like my biggest prayer thing. So I've been like so stuck on this and driving Emily crazy. She's like, you're obsessed with this. Like you're going nuts. And I'm like, I kind of had this breakthrough finally this past week where I'm like, I keep digging into why are, why are all the men in the church, right? I get asked that all the time. Where are all the men? All our young single girl, you know, female friends. When are you going to set us up? And I'm like, I don't know the guys. And I think it's things like this. So often we just paint such a bad picture for men in the church. And if you mm. show me as a man, if I'm on the fence, and you're like, Catholic marriage is this, where the man has to be the one, you have to be crucified. And mm-hmm. if you're crucified and suffering perfectly and loving perfectly, then the woman has to do her hard part. I think in the midst of, you know, you're growing up in school and I think, you know, you, you see feminism everywhere. You're seeing the future is female. You're seeing women excel. Women are going to school at a higher rate. Men are committing higher rates of suicide. There's a lot of things that are kind of hidden things that are attacking men that we can't mm-hmm. talk about. We don't address. And I think that pushes them when they see that at the church, that pushes them, I think, into the hands of the Andrew Tates of the world, mm. where they just go on the extreme other side. And they're like, no, just dominate women because you can, right. you know, and it's like, that's not mm. the answer either. But I think when the church continues to paint marriage in this way, that is like men suffer. And it's kind of like this, you know, instead of the win, 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 it feels like a lose, lose, you know, yeah. because it's like, I can never love you like that. But I still have to like be crucified, but imperfectly, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like I have to suffer and then just continue to suffer because I'm also going to deal with hopefully not. But it's like you paint this picture of the wife can just do whatever she wants. And I think that's a, a challenging place and a hard proposition for men. Yeah, but, no, I, I agree with that. The that the, the this is for like he's writing to, to Ephesus. So like there's it's for the Christians and specifically, I, I believe in in all of chapter five, like it's like, he's now saying how Christians ought to live. Like the first four chapters, I believe it's like slowly like sharing the gospel in different parts. Yeah. It builds like up. I think, yeah. And I think five is like, all right, this is how you ought to live. Cause then six goes into like children and their, and their parents. So like, this is, so I think mm-hmm. like, so like, even if you want to think of like, all right, if you get to, to 21, like you already believe one through 20, which is already like, and I believe it's like fruits of the spirit and talks about like, things you, you can't do, no drunkenness. And so if your husband is living all those things out and the wife is living all those things out, like, all right, this should be, this should make sense in your marriage. Because that's the call for both of you, right? Like those, those fruits of the Right. And oh yeah, so like everything this, comes yeah. before it. Yep. Right. So like, and so that this does make sense to you. And actually like you, the way you said it was really, was really good. And I think very like mixing with the love and respect of like, regardless of how you're, because I'm going to fall short in living this, living out the perfect love throughout our marriage like i it's not like from now until the day we die that i'm gonna get it perfectly um but man i wish i remember the way you worded it but like even if i'm not living it out like the the reality that you are still like you are still my number one support my number one like you're you're still yes cheering me on like you're still you're still in my corner you're still affirming me and how much does that die you know, yes. yeah. like we right. always think about like the men stop love, but like how often does a woman, even you talked yeah. about like being stay at home, you're doing everything. Like how easy is yes. it to be like, he gets to leave every day. Like yes. women can become yeah. bitter too. Right. Like yeah. in that, Absolutely. I, I think yeah. that's at rots. 70% of divorces are, are started by women and it's not always just unfaithfulness or money problems. Right. And I think yes. a lot of those thoughts creep in and women start to think 
you know, I don't really need him. This is all yeah. he does. And you get and that honestly, negative mindset. That's probably one of my biggest, like knowing that is probably one of my biggest motivators to learn to love perfectly, right? Like, so yeah. like the cyclical nature that you mentioned, I think is, is, I think it's worth, that's worth exploring more for, mm-hmm. for men and for marriages in, in, in and like Catholic the men specifically. and women. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think you had mentioned something and I wanted to piggyback on that was like, the, again, these are, these are Christian Catholic women in marriage, right? But like, mm-hmm. like ladies, you have to remember that like you picked this guy. Right. And why did you pick this guy? Right. Like you, this was not an arranged marriage. This is not what you were forced into. Again, all of those special circumstances aside, that's not what we're discussing here. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're not living a Christian marriage, this doesn't apply to you. Right. Like when we're talking like abuse exactly. and these extreme, ex- like that's not a Christian marriage. So then we're not talking about it. So, but technically, tech, still okay. a Christian. sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. You can get into All some right. weeds there for sure. Right. So, <laughs> I hear what you're saying though. If uh, you can um, kind of use it to distinguish, like if, if the husband is actively living in a state of mortal sin consistently, Yes. Yeah, right. right. It's right. kind of excluded. If he's just stopped right. going to mass, if he's an alcoholic, if he's abusive, you know, like yes. those yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. Right. But like, okay, not talking about those, like you pick this guy to be the person that you're with for the rest of your life. Right. And I think this is one of our reasons why we try to do like pre cana with the Pope and really work on marriage prep and stuff. Cause like, you really have to understand that before you make this decision. Right. Right. But like, if there are things that you feel are so like like deal breakers they showed up before this all started right but like but no you picked this guy you got so excited he 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 knelt out on one knee he gave you a ring you said yes and you chose him just as much as he chose you so like you have to keep choosing him every right. day every moment and like you said like that affirmation and that support like that knowledge that that like I am not going anywhere and I believe in you I know your potential. I know where you're at. I know you're a good man. I I pray for you. Like all of those things, that's where you're subject to your husband because you are, you are his biggest fan Mm -hmm. and like, and you need to act accordingly and you need to trust that that person that you said yes to is still like still exists. And there's, again, there's, there's that cyclic backwards, but there can be that cycle forwards too. Like the more affirmation, the more support that you give the more he can be the man that he is that, that like that right. man that he was created to be, the more that you believe in him and show them that like he, he is capable, he will become that man. Like he will be that man. And so um, I think that we have found that a lot in like appreciating one another, like, like really on purpose, specifically appreciating one another for the things that we bring to our home, the things that we bring to our marriage, our relationship, mm-hmm. our children, and identifying those that has only like harnessed them and, and fostered them. And there's been so much fruit from, I know you struggle a lot with this and like, you did so great with like, like him exercising every morning, like changes the rest of his day. Mm -hmm. So every morning when he comes up from exercising, how was your workout? I'm so glad that you did that. Thank you for waking up for us. And like, and I know like a lot of people will be like, that's not for you. He was, you know, exercising for himself. Like, no, that's absolutely for the rest of our family. Like mm-hmm. yeah. we all benefit from so that many discipline. Ways. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to appreciate the subtleties yeah. of all the things that he did. And listen, like that's ladies, that's so where. That's great where, example of subjection. Sorry, because, sorry. Cause I was trying to think of one. 
All right, that's a great example because because <laughs> like now because we're so we're paying for jujitsu. Way to I'm go, doing Monica. Yeah, I'm doing jujitsu three day, three times a week and and lifting and like we, we bought all. So I'm I'm in jujitsu classes. I bought the gi, bought all the stuff. I go. Yep. So we're paying for that monthly plus all the weights and not once did Monica say like we can't spend money on that right like oh this isn't like like I said I want to do this and this is where like it just it yeah like there was no question it was just like all right. Absolutely. All right, you're doing yeah. it. Right. And then it's like, and it's like, you can do it. Yeah. All right, go for it. And yeah. I think it's like, I think it's in that, that feminine genius. Like, listen, wives being subject to your husband's like, you don't understand the power wives that you have over, over like what kind of confidence that gives your husband that to know that you trust him. Because just mm-hmm. like you picked him because he is as wonderful as you, as the day you picked him, he picked you as well. Right. Like that's why we exchange our, our, our wedding rings to be like, I, I picked you like, this is, this is my sign for you of my love and fidelity. Love and fidelity yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So like, I, this is my sign of, I picked you. And so you picked each other. So wives, like don't underestimate the power that you have in being subject to him and what that allows your man, your husband to be. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that that, um, I think that like in that feminine genius of recognize the subtleties of like, you're not lifting just to like lift heavier things every week. Like you come up with a new, that's PR. part of it, but that's <laughs> yeah. not all of it, that's but that's not that. real. That's not the root yeah, of yeah, the yeah. why <laughs> that you do that. Right. Like you yeah. do that for the discipline and you do that for mm-hmm. health and you do that for longevity and like all the things. Right. So like for you to recognize that and say like, Thank you for putting in that effort because I know it's hard. Yeah, and Monica, I um, think you you put it so well, and leads into something else that I think is a, a a frequent frustration for me is like I think whenever this like topic of like submission is discussed, it's always Ephesians five, and the reason why I, to give this might get me in too much of a tangent, but the reason why I gave the little thing about like verse twenty one and verse twenty two. I had this really interesting moment where Emily was explaining to me. So she, you know, studied theology. So she knows a lot more about theology than I do. Um, I spent a lot more like reading scripture over my life than she has. And so I like can put together different things a little bit more, but she has like the real like deep background. So she's always giving me like little tidbits and things like that. And she was explaining to me one day, totally unrelated. She was like, you know, what's interesting is these like the, the bold like uh, headers. She was like, like we put those in. Like, that's not like infallible stuff. They're different in every one. Like some different translations pick different, you know, paragraph headings and stuff like that. And I was reading, um, I read the whole book of Ephesians with some whiskey the other night because I've, you know, I've been wrestling with this. And so I get down, I get deep into it and I'm reading the Word on Fire Bible, like the Acts and Letters and Revelation one. Because I'm like, I need that, you know, I need that extra commentary. I got to go deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading it. And what was interesting is it had the, um, the, the line about being mutually submissive, you know, subject to one another, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ was a separate paragraph. Like it was mm-hmm. had its own indent. And I was like, so interesting that if you take out the headers, right, of the thing, you just read it straight. Similar to what Renzo was saying earlier is like, it, it's all these instructions for Christians in general. So you kind of read it like, oh, this is how we're supposed to treat each other as a group, like the whole church. He doesn't address husband or wives until the next thing Mm. but because in many of the translations you have um you know the christian household or husbands and wives and then it has verse 21 we kind of include it in that but i'm like Mm. i i just wonder and i don't know enough about like translations or greek or you know what i mean like how that worked but i think it's so interesting that like we kind of like put that in that section 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that brings up this whole like um, idea of mutual submission. And we don't have to have a full debate on that. But I wanted to go over to basically what Monica was making me think of is there's other parts in Scripture that talk about it. Right. We, mm-hmm. we kind of draw like Ephesians 521. And I think a lot of people just totally misconstrue and just say like, no, it's just totally mutual submission. Like they're like husband and mm-hmm. wife are just like perfectly the same. And I wanted to just read a little bit of 1 Peter 3, because this, I think, really hits it well. Verse 1, uh, St. Peter says, Likewise, you wives, be submissive to your husbands, so that some, though they do not obey the word, may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, when they see your reverent and chaste behavior. And he talks about, goes on to explain like Sarah and how she obeyed Abraham and how they were, you know, like so in unison. But I think that's beautiful. You know, it gives us this... uh, kind of outline of wives, if you are submissive to your husbands, if you are holy and chaste and all these good things, like you can win your, your husbands over, you know, and I think mm-hmm. about women who have married non-Catholics or um, just Catholic husbands who are, you know, fall lax days ago or um, become apathetic to the faith. It's like St. Peter is telling you one, again, he's reiterating wives be submissive to your husbands. And he has no like qualms, like it's very direct, you know, and he lays it mm-hmm. out and there's a whole, you know, there's more to it there, but I think it's beautiful to say, like, when you do that, like, you can win over, even if your husband's not perfect. I think that one always just really gets me and gets, and really, I think, puts the whole thing back into the context that I explained earlier of, like, it doesn't say, like, he doesn't say anything, you know, until he gets to the bottom where he says, husbands, live considerately with your wives, bestowing honor on the woman. Um, and I just think that's really interesting to kind of put those together and say, wow, you know, women, you can really, like, win over your husband if he is very imperfect and flawed and, you mm-hmm. know, far from his faith. Yeah, and I think that I think that the church has always affirmed the the, not, the yeah not we like we I, we could get into the mutual subjection part, but also like the the mutual perfection that's going to happen through the sacrament of, of spouses. So like the the in the way that we love our spouse is going to perfect them. So like they're they're not going to be a finished product. So like you do choose them and you do know that their flaws and you should be aware of them, but. Um, through this sacrament, they're going to get better. And, and again, like in Cassie Canubi, it talks about that um, how like the, the the there's a there's supposed to be a shared um, man. I'm I'm going to butcher it again, but like there's a shared there's a shared spiritual experience that should be happening where we're both perfecting one another and growing closer to Christ because that that's the ultimate end. Mm-hmm. And and so like so yes, if 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 Monica is living out her vocation and virtue, it should call me out to also live that out well and and, and and yes, draw me back in if I'm ever falling away from the things that like I, you know, we've laid out like this is a vision for our family, this is a vision for our marriage. And if I'm not living that out, seeing her living that out well, and then vice versa, like I should be able to, I should draw her back in um, by living that. And I, I, I would argue that's what I believe the mutual subjection should look like is that we're not both subject in the same manner, right? Cause we're different. Like it can't be of the same kind. Like it, it has to be different, but like I could be, subject to her in the sense of like i have my duty in how i'm supposed to love and she can constantly show hold up that mirror and then vice versa like this is how you ought to love me and i can hold it up as well like even just like the love and respect like you mentioned i don't know how many times i've i've like not an argument anymore but i've said to you like hey i'm fine with what we decided because you just not say it like that Mm -hmm. right just (laughs) because like that's i just didn't like the way you said it and like that's it like i'm not upset about the outcome like just didn't like the way you addressed and it it ends and just very and and we both like oh yeah okay and and that's it yeah so like there's and like we've worked on not doing things like that in like a sassy manner right like like there's there's less feeling behind it now Mm -hmm. it's just really like i i don't feel like that was kind or that was um Mm-hmm. respectful or like that wasn't that wasn't the best way to approach it yeah 
Um, but like, so like my point being like that, the, the mutual subjection, we could, we hold up that mirror to one another yeah. and it's different though. Like the way, if the, if the mutual subjection is like, is, I know it, I know the, uh, and I agree with your point that it's not necessarily part of the entire thing. Um, but if it was, and if people are arguing that the way that I, the, the way that the husband would be subject to the wife is different and ought to be different because we're different. Yeah. And I think that's an important point. I think, cause yeah. a lot of people will use that line. I just think it's crazy when people will use that line and point to, and I haven't read all of JP2's words on mutual submission, mm-hmm. but they point to like certain quotes from, you know, theology of the body yep. and mutual submission. Yep. And they'll be like, this means that like both are submissive to one another. And it kind of explain it like, it's the exact same way. And I think it's just kind of like very modern, like mm-hmm. liberal by the definition of the term, right? Like everything is equal um, mm-hmm. kind of way. And then this like modern day obsession with equality that we have. And I mm-hmm. think it's why so many people hate patriarchy. They hate Catholicism and our hierarchy. And I think it's very Protestant. And um, I'm trying to limit all the things I want to talk about since we're so over time. <laughs> no, it's late for years. No, but it's fine. So like, I, I, yeah. I would see it now. I feel like what what's happened a lot with theology, this is going to be a whole different tangent. What's happened a lot with theology of the body though, is that so many people have gotten so used to, like theology body equals Christopher West that they they just read his stuff but never actually dive into the text itself. The actual and things, I would yeah. right and I would argue that that though like you could read it that way. I've I've read when I read it I don't I don't see it that way. And I did pull two quotes from it. Um, a oh, one quote from it that that and one of JP 2s arguments is that like that love to in my mind is that love is like the the key that opens up Ephesians five and all the whole idea of submission. Um, and then he says that it excludes the wife from being a servant, which I think people need to hear. Like, this is not what we're saying. Right. Um, and, and then he talks about how it, it makes the husband simultaneously subject to the wife and thereby subject to the Lord himself, just as the wife to the husband. And I think, again, if we understand the idea that this is two people that love each other, two people that believe in Ephesians 5 and everything else in Scripture, and love is what makes the husband subject to the wife does not mean in the same way, but like I'm subject to, because I'm like you said, like I still have the crucifix as my, as even though I can't live out that perfect love, like I'm subject to you because I have that as my model and therefore yeah. I am subject to you. Like, and I, yeah. Subject Sorry. to the commitment you made on your wedding day and all of that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, and the like, vows. And, yeah. yeah. And like, and having love be that foundation, right? Love is willing the good of the other. So like, if we're both on that like platform of like, we're both willing the good of the other, then there's, there, yeah, like how that is lived, how that is executed, how that is seen, experienced is going to look unique from one another to one another. And I think one thing I don't want to discount to is that the 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 power that grace can have within the sacrament. Like, mm-hmm. right, like it, it when if and when these things are challenging for you, like to really also trust that God has given you this special grace in your sacrament. So like by living in the state of grace, avoiding mortal sin, running to the sacrament of confession, but also like leaning into the sacrament of your marriage, right? That like, don't ignore that. Don't discount that. And like lean into that to allow you guys to, to fill these roles within your marriage as well. Yeah. In the way mm-hmm. that God wants them to be filled, right? Yeah. Like like he will be the one to infuse the the right order of things. Yeah. And I think people do need good holy spiritual directors to help them navigate because like I'm sure there's things that still and come couple up mentors that, that, and things right, like, like that. Yeah, yeah, like I think that's a, like yeah, we need to live 
like a church like that's how it, that's what a church should be yeah right and like they would be able to navigate these things i feel like people can listen and be have still have so many questions like well what about this situation like yeah we can't address every situation on a podcast so like right like that's what you need a church for yeah to get into those practical and, examples but yeah i think it's it's super interesting i love renza i love the way you described it um and yeah, I just, I think that it's just crazy to me how we kind of jump around. And I, I was even listening. I love Father Mike Schmitz. And I listened to a Father Mike video on this today. And I'll send it to you. You can let me know what you think and let me know if I'm crazy. It's only like, it's one of the like nine minute essential videos. And I was like, man, I just don't agree with the way you're breaking this down. You know, like it was just like, so like, you know, this imagery of Christ in the church, even right. That, that St. Paul gives us. And it's in other places in scripture as well of, and we talk about this constantly right? Of like the man represents Christ in, in the imagery of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. They're like when they come together on the wedding day, even the the bride walking down the aisle, right? The journey of faith, you know, coming down to Christ, the bridegroom who's standing there at the altar. Um, and yeah, it's amazing and it's beautiful, but it's like that example means that there is a difference, right? That there is yep. something that is different there. And I think this is again, why I call this interpretation so Protestant and one of the most Protestant things I think Catholics do is it does try to put the church on the same level as Christ, which is essentially, mm-hmm. I think, what Protestantism does, because it removes the church and puts individuals up there. And you're just like, we're all at the, the exact same level. We can interpret scripture on our own, right? You kind of like replace things. And this, again, this idea of hierarchy kind of goes away. And what, what Father Mike was getting me with was he was just like, how does Christ love? And I totally agree with this. You know, Mark 10, 45, for I came not to be served, but to serve and give my life as ransom for many. He's like, it's service. And I'm like, 100%. Where he started to get away from me was he was like, and Christ didn't, you know, give commands or, you know, it wasn't about having the final say. And I'm like, but Christ does have the final say. And I'm like, and Christ did give commands. Like, if you read the script, and I'm like, I know he's familiar with this, but I just feel like there's such a pressure to like round it out, these sharp edges. And I'm like, but Christ, if you go back and read right in the book of, you know, next to that, you know, Mark chapter 11 or Mark chapter 9 and different points when, um, Jesus, even sub- subtle things I was reading about, like the multiplication of the loaves. It's like Jesus commanded them to bring the mm-hmm. loaves to him. He commanded them to pass out the things. Or you think of like, um, I was reading like Matthew uh, 9 and 10 today, where Jesus, you know, sends out the 12 and he's like, you will do this. If this happens, you will do this, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, again, I think Renzo, your, your point of, we, that doesn't mean that husbands should go home. We should just be like, you're making this for dinner and you're going to do this, you know? But it is, I think that, that example of like Christ does have final authority. Why? Because Christ takes responsibility for all of us. The the love and the death on the cross is the responsibility. And that's what there is no leader that doesn't have to be a leader and to challenge men to be leaders of the family that like, there is no such thing as a leader that doesn't bear more responsibility than those he's leading. Mm -hmm. And And to have responsibility has to be correlated with authority. And then those commands come in times where like it's appropriate. Right. Yeah. Like the situation calls exactly. for a leader to give out specific instructions for the good of everybody. Right. And yep. because of that level of trust and respect and love, you're like, yes, I will follow that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's again, like, exactly like, you know, sending out the 12, like if we're, if I was going to take a, like, if I was going to go out with the kids to some new place or whatever, I would expect Renzo to tell me like, the safety oh, things yeah, I should yeah. do. Oh, yeah. And like the, yeah, yeah, that's another, that's a great example. Actually. Yeah. I'm super like, this is what we're doing. Right. This, yeah. So, like, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, of course I'm going to follow his directions and I want to hear them because like our protection is his responsibility. And mm-hmm. he knows, right. he knows better than I do 
how to do that. And it's not that he doesn't trust me to do the thing and to like care for well and have that happen, but like he's going to give the command of, and again, command, like people get offended by the word <laughs> command, right? But it's not, he's not gonna be like, you better, blah, blah. Like, I did it today, though. <laughs> I did it today. We, 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 yes, we, we yeah. dropped the kids off of soccer and she got out of the car. And and went on her phone right I'm away. Like unloading the kids. unloading the kids and went on her phone. I was like, Monica, you can't have your phone out in a transitional space. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's and she's heard it so much in there's a no transitional question. space. That's yeah. such a fucking nope. That's from uh, I'll, oh, I'll send you the right later. Yeah, yeah, please. Is... No, that's from active self protection. There's just, I, so many YouTube. That's just so funny, dude. Holes. But like, no, like that's just and and yeah, and she's heard me say things like that before, and she's like, okay. But, I guess, but like <laughs> maybe the terminology but then again like that's that that's that like active masculinity and active yeah. in a time where like i'm i'm not at my like femininity is not at its best in that time right and it just it just is right like the kid falls and hurts himself i'll be the first one to, to handle that right but like yeah not in a transitional space <laughs> yeah but yeah not in a transitional so, space i think yeah and i think again command is a lot sometimes it's like can you i agree with you can you not say it that way you know like we can work on the delivery but like yeah there's times where like direction is necessary yep 100 percent. yeah i think that's beautiful well i love it thank you guys for diving into that with me i appreciate it i think i got a long podcast i think i want to do on it solo as well just diving into different aspects (laughs) of it and really breaking it down because i just think it's so important and for me again i think the most important part is i think it's um, like just we're doing a disservice to to marriage, to people in marriage prep in general, to married couples, and they're having this friction and this difficulty, and they're not getting to a place of cohesion, a place of um, you know, synergy. And I think that us misrepresenting what yeah. this is, because I mean, one thing that I thought was beautiful in the event that we were at where they're talking about it was they're like Ephesians five is a solution to the fall. And then I felt like they went to like manipulate Ephesians 5 to be something that would fit our modern day culture. And yeah. I'm like, if it is a solution to the fall, which I believe and I agree mm-hmm. with you, to, you know, at least between the fall between man and woman, because there's also, mm-hmm. you know, a break in a, you know, a mm-hmm. separation there. Uh, then we have to we have to read the book for what it says. And one of the things I, I've been telling a lot of people that I kind of came up with, you know, in the last couple of weeks is I think that for me, I feel I said, you know, when you read John 6 with a Protestant and you're talking about the presence of the Eucharist, that's yeah. what it feels like to read Ephesians 5 with a Catholic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and it's like, point. you read it, and it's like, but what he really meant was, and uh, it's like, wait yeah, a minute. Yeah, like, yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you were just an objective person, non-religious, and you walked up on the street, they'd be offended by it. Why? Because it seems like there's a difference between men and women, right? And they've been conditioned to not think that. So it's like, if you gave them John chapter 6 to a random stranger on the street, they'd be like, sounds like this guy wants you to eat his flesh. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he might be nuts and he'd be like, yeah. he might be, or he might be God, but and I he, think said, too, he meant like, what he said. If, yeah. If any of your listeners like are engaged or considering enge- discerning engagement and stuff like that, if this, if this is challenging for you, then you have to, you have to ask the hard questions of why. Yes. So like, is this mm-hmm. a personal thing or is this because the person you're with, like you don't, you're, you're you can't get to that level of trust with them. Right. And I think that that's like a really important question to ask before you get married, because I, 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 again, like children of divorce and like, they, like mm-hmm. seeing all these, these images and stuff, but like, this is what marriage is calling you to. And like, are you ready for it? Is that future spouse ready for it? Like, 
be willing to ask the hard questions before you get there so that you can like really process and wrestle with it yes. and work through it before mm. you get there. Because when you get married, it's you're going to face it. Whether you believe these scriptures or not, like those situations are going to come and you're going to ha- like, you're going to have to face it. And like, were you ready for it? Right. So. I loved your point about the Ephesians five. Um, Oh, we didn't, not you didn't call it a remedy for the fall, but like that's it's it's the undoing of of what happened at the fall because mm-hmm. in in theology by JP two talks about um like the phrase the two become, will become one flesh it's in it's in Genesis then it's in Mark or Matthew and then it's again in Ephesians five and like and he like highlights all those parts where it's in it and I think the idea of redemption is something that's lost in our Catholic theology because of a lot of protestant um emphasis so like um a lot of people in catholics and protestants would say that like jesus i don't know if you've heard it before like the jesus death on the cross was like him incurring god's wrath on our behalf um and that's like that's the the penal substitution theory of redemption and or um, of atonement which isn't actually what catholics believe like we don't believe that jesus incurred the wrath of god the father like we believe that that jesus was vicariously in our place so he and he gave himself up as an offering of love in order for us to be redeemed mm-hmm. um, because in the protestant idea like if you if jesus re- in, incurred the wrath that we were supposed to you know we were supposed to receive ourselves that means that we're just saved now and like we're finished products the way we are like we're gonna enter heaven the way we are whereas like if if jesus offered himself as a as an offering of love on our behalf so that you know in remission for our sins um there's still a participation that we have to do and right. take in in order to 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 in, engage in that salvation or receive that salvation and that that's part of our redemption and like our being perfected and so like the 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 perfect end that we need to achieve is ephesians 5 like that's 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 what the perfect end looks like and like that may not seem it may seem too difficult right now but like that's because you're not a finished product like you you have to strive for that like that's part of what grace is doing within you and within your marriage and i think a lot of times people feel like well i can't because of you know whatever reasons xyz in my marriage but like there's there's perfecting that's happening there's redeeming that's happening there's grace that's taking place and i think we lose that a lot if we look at it from a protestant perspective of like i'm married i'm christian this should just all be easy like no that's mm. not the way it, it's never supposed right. to be it was never supposed to be like that that's not how a catholic see this like right. this is an ongoing thing i think i don't know where saint paul says it but that he's he's still um living out his his salvation with fear and trembling like there's still there's more that's needs out, to yeah. be done yeah working right. out in fear and trembling so like there's more that needs to be done yeah and that's that's what this christian life is yeah. and this is part of the reordering right like mm-hmm. putting like uh, undoing what adam failed to do right like his passivity in the garden like was part of this right so this is yep. redeeming and reordering the masculine aspect of it and then the the female like the trust of like i'm going to trust that when you say something that that is for my good right and to like to to rebuild that so um yeah just like where where are those wounds in your life that that could have been broken right and that like that's where you're struggling or what have you but um again and it's not you're not a finished product this is a process this is like absolutely you're working towards this ideal mm-hmm. here. and the fall too to think about i was really honed in while we were you know going through genesis at the retreat of the line surely you shall not die that the mm-hmm. serpent says to to eve and how like her fundamental thing that she gave up was trust right and somebody mm-hmm. that was supposed to be leading her and somebody that had her best interest in mind and so i think that's a really interesting aspect of it as well passivity on the part of the man lack of trust <laughs> on the part of the woman which is the you know, the opposite yeah. of Ephesians 5 as well. But I just thought, I kept thinking, I was like, man, you think of all the 
modern day pastors or even priests and people who just have that mindset. And this is a, the, this will be our next podcast together of just, you know, surely you shall not die of how many things do we hear today in today's world that even this, you know, of, Oh, God said this, like, you know, surely he didn't mean that, or it must've been a mistake or uh, a bad interpretation or whatever of whatever you're hearing. So I think, yeah, we have so many things that, you know, are sins that the world now says are not sins. And and even mm-hmm. Christians and preachers and pastors will tell you, you know, yeah. surely you won't die from that. Like you can go ahead yeah. and do live as you please. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting, but it's beautiful. Man, thank you guys for your extra time here. Yeah, Thank you guys. I'm sure it was a blessing for the people who are listening right now. And so, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me. It's been awesome. But tell us, tell us where they can find the podcast and your blog and Instagram and all that stuff. You go for it. Sure. So our Instagram is at to become family Two is the T W O. Um, and our podcast is pre Cana with the Pope. It's anywhere podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple, wherever you like to listen. Um, we do have a website to become family.com. Um, we're going to try to do some more, some more writing and we have some projects in the works, but, um, yeah, we, we do the weekly episode. We do a weekly episode for pre Cana with the Pope and we try to, cover topics like this and just like what does marriage look like in the day-to-day so yeah yeah all right thank you for listening to today's episode with the ortegas i hope you enjoyed that again encourage you to join us at seekingexcellence.locals.com if you want to join us for a book club with the screw tape letters and get access to exclusive content my weekly articles and blogs and all of that good stuff so If you thought today's episode was helpful, I encourage you to leave us a review, to share it with a friend, um, and to subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much. Be sure to check out the Ortegas podcast and everything they just mentioned. I love what they share on social media and on their podcast. They cover a lot of great, really practical and interesting topics. So definitely look into them. Check it out. Share that with your friends as well. Pray for the Ortegas. Pray for the Crankfields. Know of our prayers for you. And as always, go and be your best. God bless you.